You are listening to Aldrin Sampia on SAFM. It's 14 minutes after 4 o'clock. We're in conversation next with Michael Merchant, Head of Investigations at Open Secrets, a civil society organization. Open Secrets and investigative organization, The Sentry, have uh, released a joint report shedding light into how Zimbabwean businessmen and presidential advisor Kudokwashe Taugere allegedly moved funds from the Zimbabwean Reserve Bank to London using false invoices and offshore accounts. The report titled Fronts, Fakes and Facades, How South African and Mauritian enablers help move millions from Zimbabwe to Britain reveals the role of professionals and institutions in facilitating corruption and illicit financial flows from poor countries to the West. What else does this report um, detail? We are now joined on the line by Michael Merchant. Michael, good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. Good afternoon, Aldrin, and good afternoon to those listening. Let's start off here. Who is Kurokwasha Twagare? So uh, Kurukoshe Tagwari is, um, as you've mentioned in the introduction, he is uh, a very well politically connected businessman and fuel tycoon from Zimbabwe. Uh, he is also a presidential advisor to Emerson Nangagwa, and he, over a number of years uh, in Zimbabwe, has been implicated in allegations of, of high-level high level corruption. Okay. And what sort of businesses would he be involved in officially? Because I understand as well that um, with the United, sorry, with the United States of America, that uh, sanctions have been placed on him as well, as well as President Emerson Nangagwa's son. Yes, yeah, so so you're correct. He's been on the U.S. sanctions list since late 2020, and he's also on the U.K. sanctions list. The report that written by Open Six and the Century focuses on a period just before that in 2019. But if we go back a little bit before that, kind of where Tagore predominantly makes his money, and this has been reported on elsewhere, mm. is it's predominantly through very lucrative fuel contracts that he has access in a joint venture along with the Swiss commodities firm Trafigur. Um, and there's a lot of evidence that he's used his political connections both within the ruling party within Zimbabwe, Zanu PF, but also at the Reserve Bank of Zimbabwe. Um, to access U.S. dollars at preferential rates, um, but also to access those hugely lucrative state contracts uh, for fuel in Zimbabwe. So mm. that's really, I guess, the history of, of where he comes from. Yeah. And then with the with this link between um, the Zimbabwean Reserve Bank and moving money from um, the Zimbabwe Reserve Bank to London, how was he able to tap into their accounts? So there's, there's really two parts to, to the story, Aldrin, that are important to to kind of work through for this. The first is that the, the dubious source of the funds is the fact that one of his companies, a company called Landella Investments, obtains about 60 million US dollars from the Reserve Bank of Zimbabwe uh, in 2019 by uh, essentially trading in a treasury bill uh, at the Reserve Bank. The reason that this payment is so dubious, and this has been reported on by a range of journalists before in 2019, is that at the time, Zimbabwean law was very clear that any treasury bill um, that was traded in, that it should be a one-to-one rate between the U.S. dollar and the Zimbabwean dollar at the time. Um, What we see instead happening is that that company obtains a rate of about 1 to 5.5. And so there's long been the allegation that uh, that was essentially a favor uh, that was granted to Lundell Investments, Tagore's firm. And it was crucial at the time to ensure that that firm had enough U.S. dollar foreign currency to undertake the purchase of the two mines. And it's that purchase that is the focus of the report that, that we've released today. Yeah. 
And from your investigation, were you able to find out whether the president was aware of these dealings? So strong evidence that Emerson Mangagwa, the president, was aware of the dealings. Uh, the reason that that evidence was so strong is that the report is largely based on internal correspondence that a whistleblower has provided to, to us and other various journalists. In that correspondence, particularly WhatsApp correspondence from Tagware himself, he references very early on in the deal that HE, which is understood to be a reference to His Excellency, Emerson Mangagwa, that he has an interest uh, in the transaction. And we also know that his Tugware's front company, Sotic, the Mauritian company, um, appears to have a strong interest from Nangagwa, but also the, the governor of the Reserve Bank of Zimbabwe and various other senior politicians in Zanapriyat and in the Zimbabwean government. And so reviewing that evidence along with the correspondence certainly suggests that there's a strong interest and if we look at the end point of where we've ended up, those two mines are purchased uh, by that company. However, today, they are majority owned by the Zimbabwean state. And so quite soon after the transaction was completed, that ownership was then transferred, and it is now owned uh, majority anyway by the Zimbabwean state. Yep. And have you reached out to the Zimbabwean Reserve Bank on these allegations and also asking about what their response were, if you did, considering how they responded to Al Jazeera's gold mafia um, investigation? Yeah, so we, we did reach out to the Reserve Bank of Zimbabwe with, with detailed questions. Um, and essentially, it is a flat denial from them. So the Reserve Bank denies that the rate that, that on the Treasury bill was favorable, and they've also denied uh, any active interest uh, in SOTIC, the, the company that made the purchase. And then the South African companies, what role did they play? The South, South African companies played a really interesting role in this transaction. You know, one of the challenges that the Tugware faced was how to get hard currency U.S. dollars out of Zimbabwe into Mauritius to the front company so that it could pay the money to the UK to, to purchase the mines. Now, the front company, although it was registered in Mauritius, was run entirely by South Africa, almost entirely by South African directors. And what we see and what we discuss at length in the report is one of the crucial things that they do at one point is they create invoices for trades that we can find no record of actually happening. And at face value, it certainly appears that these are essentially fake or false invoices that were generated purely to allow money to flow from Zimbabwe to Sotik to allow it to make the purchase. And again, Aldrin, I go back to the evidence that we have available to us. The reason that the evidence is so strong in this regard is that we have the emails between the directors where they openly acknowledge, for example, that the goods won't actually flow and that this this invoice, for example, is solely allow, uh, for the purpose of allowing the money to flow for the purchase of mm-hmm. the mines. And so they are, they are centrally involved in essentially arranging the financial transactions that, that make the deal possible. Yeah. And, and these allegations, um, have they been um, or are they being investigated by local authorities in South Africa at all? So we put the allegations to those South African directors and companies. And, and just to be clear, they again, like the Reserve Bank, they deny that there was any wrongdoing in this case. Crucially, they... But did, they don't they deny were, that the transactions did happen. They don't deny that the transactions happened. They insist that they're legitimate, but they say they are unable to provide any documentation to that effect. The crucial thing that we wanted 
was any uh, any bill of lading or any document that could establish that an actual transaction took place beyond the money flows, and, and they refused to provide that. We are not aware of any current investigation, but we uh, are in the process of submitting the report along with the, the supporting evidence to South African authorities as well as to those in the other jurisdictions, and, and we will be providing that with a view to them undertaking an investigation. And I, I think particularly for South Africa and the current climate, with us on the FATF grey list and, and other issues like that, it's vital that these types of money flows are fully investigated by by the authorities. Yeah, and we know that report about the financial illicit illicit financial flows that was penned by former President Thabo Mbeki. Thank you so much for your time, Michael Merchant, the head of investigations at Open Secrets.